Hallelujah. If you love Jesus, say yes. yes. Come on, stand to your feet and find the neighbor. Spread the love of Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor on your right and to your left. Show the love of God. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love to call your name is something we cannot explain. That happens when we proclaim your great name. Your great name. Say, we love to call, call your name is something we cannot explain. Let's say we love. We love to call your name in something. Cannot. We cannot explain. That happens, that happens ah. when we proclaim Come on, clap your like great Come on, like name. Your great name. King Jesus. King Jesus. No other name. King Jesus. I'm strong.
Scripture says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you're reading in the book of Revelation, and I recommend that you do that, because uh, the Scripture says that whoever reads Revelation and asks the Holy Spirit for understanding will be blessed. And I don't think there's anybody that got up this morning and said, well, this is a great day. I believe I want to be cursed. I believe everybody wants to have a good day. Everybody wants a good life. Everybody wants a life of abundance. Nobody wants sickness or or anything like that. You want to be healthy. You want your family to have it together. And, And so when you read that, he starts out by telling you, he says he's alive forevermore. Then he says he is the God which was, which is, and which is to come. In other words... God has never changed. There's two things about it that's very important. God has always been and will always be. There's no point that you get to the end of God. There's no point that you get to a point where, well, that's all that makes up God. God is unlimited. So that's the reason why you say, well, is heaven going to be boring? Far from that. When you read the book of Revelation, you find out all the things, how glorious that it is. What happens, the reason that people are always saying, holy, 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 is because there is no end to God. The more they see, the greater it becomes. And so in your spiritual life to say, well, this is where I am. No, I just want to keep going. I don't want to stay stagnant where I'm at. What I've learned and what's developed in me is not enough. Simply put, I want more of God. 
Now, it was kind of cold this morning, so I don't know how many of you are up this early. But when I left the church this morning, it was about 627 when I put out the parking lot. And that moon was just simply glory. I mean, I looked at it about 5.30, but I was too cold to look very long. But later when I got warmed up and I looked at that moon, I was like, God, you are so full of glory. And so today, I want more of his glory. Come on, anybody else? You know, I want more of that. So he's the same. So I said all that to say this. When Jesus came on the earth and he died on the cross and was resurrected, God didn't change. Scripture says God is love. God has always been love. But he sent his son to demonstrate to you how much he loves you. And that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now scripture also says, John 16, 33 says, Jesus said, in this world you're going to have tribulation. If anybody's ever gone through any difficulty, would you just say, oh yeah. Oh yeah, maybe some of it today. But he said, be of good cheer. In other words, don't get down or depressed. Or don't, don't let the circumstances overwhelm you. Because he said, I have overcome it. And he's given you the keys to overcoming. There's a little song I'm going to ask him to sing, and I know it wasn't on their agenda to sing, but it says, for every mountain. I mean, a few of us have been through some mountains. And whatever you're going through today, God's the same. And he's going to bring you through like he's already brought you through. You wouldn't have had the cognitive ability to get out of the bed today if it were not for God. He's brought you to where you are, and He has more for your life. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, your scripture says where two or three agree in your name, you are here. So we've come together today not to have an organizational exercise. We have come to let your power, spirit power, which is greater than any other realm, to touch our mind, our body, and our spirit. And we thank you for the cross. We thank you you've given us life eternal. And we thank you that you brought our family through. You've brought us through financial crisis. Some thought they were going to have a nervous breakdown, but you kept them together. You've brought children back home, oh God. You've kept marriages together. And today we believe that nothing is too hard for you and so we want to give a little testimony and song that you brought us through that mountain and you're going to bring us through this one because you're the God which was, which is, and which is to come. You are faithful and you are great and we praise you. Come on, you praise God with me with this song. Oh, 
these four areas that we have represented up here, financial, healing, of course, salvations, and, and family. Scripture says in Matthew 17, there was a boy, he was an epileptic, and they brought the boy to Jesus because they had taken the boy to the disciples, and the disciples prayed for him and nothing happened. So they brought him to Jesus, and Jesus said, well, you see, the boy was such in condition, he'd throw himself in the fire and throw himself in the water, and it was just terrible. I mean, uh, parents, you know what it is when, you, when your children are struggling, and it, it seems like nothing is working. And, and so Jesus said, well, you got to have faith, first of all. The disciples said, well, we had faith. I said, well, this kind, he said, does not come out except by prayer and fasting. And what Jesus meant is there's sometimes the enemy, the devil, Satan, will try to put a stronghold in your life. It could be your mind, your body, your spirit, a stronghold. He has a grip, a stronghold. And that is not broken easily. You've got to become spiritually aggressive. You've got to get a hold of God. You've got to pray. Fast, what is fasting? Fasting is doing without food. And where you would have eaten, you're praying. Now, Church Alive, we've been in 21 days of fasting and praying. Most of you are doing some kind of plan. Today is 14. We've got a few more to go. And what I'm asking you to do the next three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, calling for a sacred assembly of the church because we need some miracles to happen. So I'm going to ask you to, to engage in fasting in the next three days really strong. You decide what you're going to do. You might want to do without one meal a day or two meals a day, or you might want to go one whole day or two days or three. You'll be okay. Dairy Queen will be there when you get done. It'll be okay. But, but don't just go hungry. Starve your doubt and feed your faith. You get in the Word of God and you really pray. Don't watch television. There's too many food commercials. That won't help, okay? And, but what you want to do is during that time as you pray, don't just get on a religious diet. Get into a relationship with God. So we're going to pray on these strongholds, and we're going to see deliverance happen. We're going to see people come to know the Lord. Let's empty hell and fill heaven. It's a scripture that I believe is, I'd like for us to be a key scripture for the church alive this year. It's Jeremiah 33. 3 says, Call on me, I'll show you great and mighty things. The Message Bible says, look, I'm going to show you marvelous things you could never figure out on your own. I've learned this. God is real. I've also learned I'm not God. So I've got to trust Him. Verse 6 is the key verse. Verse 6 actually says in the King James, it says, I'm going to put healing in the city from the inside out. I love what the message says. It says, take another look. I'm going to give this city. Everybody say, this city. See, we're praying for this city, strongholds to be broken, a thorough renovation. I like this. Working a true healing inside and out. goes on to say, I'm going to show them life whole, life brimming with blessings. I'll restore everything that was lost. Now, here is the deal. We've got to pray aggressively. When it says healing inside and out, it's going to start in your house and then hit this city. If it had hit every one of these homes represented in here, turn this city upside down. We're believing together for families, for confusion to be out of your house. 
in the direction of God, spirit of life and peace. How many like to have peace in your house? How many like to have abundant joy in your house? We're going to pray for that healing. I've got a good friend I'd like for us to pray with today. They're at the hospital right now. His name is Jerry Grinder. He's in a coma from the result of a brain aneurysm. They're making choices today. I would like to pray supernatural healing over his body. His wife is Helen Grinder. She's an attorney, been a great friend through years. And, and they called, they said, would the church pray? We went down, laid hands on him, and, and we're believing for God to touch him. Um, Kathy, could we have a special prayer for you? Would that be okay? All right, I can't see you because of the light. So if, if you wouldn't mind, I would even like to go a step farther and take the oil and anoint you and pray over you again today. So you're having a heart procedure tomorrow. Is that okay if I call it that? Okay. Uh, you want to bring your family? and Maybe, maybe come down here and let, let's pray for her. This is a very important thing. And, and um, how many believe we can pray together? How many knew this was church when you came in? A church, this is what we do. This is not Walmart. You, you knew where you were coming. If you'll just come down here. Uh, yeah, Ryan, can, can you have, well, come on, Ryan. You're, and, and Patty, would you come with me? And, and um, I, I need the details later of where you're doing this and all that, okay? And uh, the Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I think most of you believe the Bible or you wouldn't be here or you have a degree of interest at least, okay? And I've seen many people healed. It's not because of anything of me. I am the lowest of all of you, okay? It's because we agree in Jesus. I just want to say to your family, it's going to be okay, all right? So you can take a partnership with this. Remember, we're believing for family in healing right now. How many would do this with me, okay? Would you just kind of lift your hands this way? All right, it's just extension of your faith. Come on, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we anoint this body for complete healing. Not just this issue, but every issue right now. Father, I see your hand upon this heart right now. By your stripes, we're healed. Healing is happening right now. Your word has been sent and will not return void. This heart will function the way you created it to. There'll be no more complication in the name of Jesus. There'll be peace over this house. Peace over this house. We bind the spirit of infirmity. We bind you up right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every one of you, would you do something with me? Maybe you know the person beside you. Maybe if you feel awkward doing this, then don't do it. But would you put your hand on the shoulder of someone next to you? Let's pray for everybody right now. Let's just pray for everybody. Heavenly Father, we take agreement right now for every man, woman, boy, girl, all the kids in the nursery, all the kids and kids alive, everyone here today being touched by the power of your presence a supernatural divine intervention. Thank you right now, Father. I know that you're touching Jerry and the Grinder family. Let them feel the power of your spirit. Jerry, come out of the coma. Jerry, get up by the authority. The same power that raised Jesus is the same power raising you. The same power that touched Jesus and came through him. Kathy is the same power that's touching you. We take agreement for everybody here, every ailment, every tumor, every factor of fear out of everyone's life, 
And right now, your peace, your joy, and your abundance upon every life in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's take a moment now and just give him verbal hallelujahs and praises and thank you. Thank you for touching our families. Thank you for touching souls and bringing them to you. Thank you for touching this city on the inside and the out. Every campus, every employer, touch this city, every house, every house, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Turn to somebody next to you and say, feels pretty good in here. Go ahead and do that. Well, we're so delighted to have everyone in the house. We're going to ask if our church host families would come to the front at this time. And, wow, I mean, does anybody in here have a testimony? God has seen you through something. Amen. I've got a testimony. And so just look at the person next to you and say, I could tell you some things. Amen. But now you can say, God has seen me through it. Amen. 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 So these folks are going to come down the aisle right now. They're looking for those that this may be your first time with us. So raise your hand and acknowledge that today. And then we're going to give you a great homemade loaf of bread. You do want to get this. This is our special gift to you. Uh, they're looking across the aisles to make sure they don't miss anybody. They have a card. We'd love for you to fill that out just so we can pray over your family and get acquainted. And so church family, would you make all of our guests feel very welcome today? Here at the Church Alive, we're so delighted that you're here with us. I just thought, that's kind of funny. We ask you to fast, then we give you bread. Well, I guess, uh, I guess eat it today, it. right? <laughs> yeah. Eat it today. That's great. Patty and I are really glad you've come. Check out the website and uh, tell you a lot of things that are going on, give you information. Information like, and it's in the bulletin too, but um, uh, like today at 530 you'd like to be a part of a small group Bible study and you want to come be with us here it's a great study on the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, you'll learn from the Word of God so you just come it'd be a great time together that's today at 530 now um, uh, you know on, on the fasting situation also uh, whatever you decide to do uh, Wednesday night love for you to come back this Wednesday night and join me because I'm going to talk to you more about that but on this Wednesday night I mean after you've done all that we'll have some communion how's that Okay, so it'll be a nice communion time of worship and communion on Wednesday night. And uh, so you, you, you'll be a part of that. Got great youth ministries, kids ministries. It's just, it's special. Uh, in fact, it's so special. We're going to make a special deal, Patty, in February. Yes, yes, in February for the whole month, we're going to be starting to serve uh, an evening meal. And so we want everybody to be able to partake. That kind of knocks out all the variables about getting home after work. You can mm. just come and enjoy a great meal, time of fellowship. But we're going to add to that some great Bible study sessions afterward that we are really excited yeah, about. Yeah, what we're doing, doing. is, is uh, you know, we normally start at 630 and, and so we're going to start at 5.30. This is just the Wednesdays in February, okay? And, and, and so we're going to start at 5.30 with a meal. We'll, we'll give you more details on that a little bit later. But the, the meal is a fundraiser uh, to help some of our youth who are going with us to South America in July. And so it would be a great time for you to come get to know people and support a great cause. And then at 6.30, uh, we're going to have the youth ministries, the children's ministries that's already going on, discipling them, and then... Um, we're going to come in here for a little worship, and then 
you're going to have a group, and yes. I'm going to have a group, yes. and you're going to have all the ladies, and I'm going to have all the men. That'll be good. All right, so if you've never checked out Wednesday night, you want to do that, and all these Februaries, we have these groups, this men group and ladies group, and just four weeks, and yeah. food before that, all I right? Know. It's a deal. It's a great deal. <laughs> uh, turn to your neighbor right now and say, you want to come to this. Yeah, I'll be there. Amen. All right. Thank okay, thank you, Patty. Um, well, let's, let's give to God today. I believe that... Um, uh, God's been good to you. Has God been good to any of you? Anybody? Come on. Has God been good to anybody in this room? I, I'm not hearing you. I know you're cold. Come on. Has God been good to anybody in this room? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I found out who it was praying for snow. And, you know, I, you know I, I, last night we came in here for prayer meeting, and, and uh, uh, Barb Banks says, praise God. God answered my prayer. So that means if you want prayer, you listen, God, you need her to pray for you because I was praying it would not, and she was praying it would. And I guess we both got it, right? It snowed for a little while but didn't stick, all right? So uh, anyway, God's been good to us. Here's what the Bible says about giving to God. Now, it's, it's going to be your choice. You're going to do what you want to do. But Malachi, the third chapter, it's, it's very clear what it says about giving to God. Malachi, the third chapter, verse 10 says this. It says, bring all the tithe. That means at least 10% of your increase of any kind. It says, bring it to the storehouse. That is the church. That's the ministry. And there may be food in my house. In other words, that we can do what we've been called to do. Then he says this. It's the only place in Scripture Jesus says this. He says, try me. One version says, improve me. He says, Lord of hosts, if I'm going to open for you the windows of heaven. In other words, there are, another Scripture says that God will bless you according to his riches and glory. So there is provision, supernatural, God has designed for you, but he's got it. And the way you, you open that up is by giving. Scripture says, give and you shall receive, all right? If you love somebody, they're going to love. If you forgive, you're going to be forgiven. Then verse 11 goes on, tells you to what degree God's going to do this for you. He says, I will rebuke the devourer. And I know that you've got power in the name of Jesus, but here is God will rebuke the devil on your behalf. Friends, this is better than identity security. You can't buy a life insurance policy like this. There is no investor who would tell you, I guarantee this market will not drop. He can't do that. But God says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Then what he goes on to say, and then he will not destroy the fruit of the ground. In other words, your investments. I mean, if it's your garden or your oil well or whatever that it is. He says that it's, it's look, he'll not destroy the fruit of your ground nor will the vine fail to bear the fruit in the field. In other words, he's going he's to do so much for you. Then it goes on to say that even others are going to call you blessed. How many of you like for your neighbors to call you blessed? It would be terrible if your neighbors say, well, I'm neighbors over there. They're cursed. You don't even want your dog in their yard. You don't want that. You want to be blessed. And so today you give to God. And I thank you. You're such a giving body of believers. We do so many missions projects. Got people all over the world you support. And uh, so it is just wonderful uh, of, of what you're able to do. So I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray for all of your businesses. I'm going to pray for all of your networking to increase. I'm going to pray for this city to be the most prosperous city in the region. One of you, two of you, three of you, four of you. I'm going to pray that God's going to give you insight and strategy how to better develop yourself. All right? And you'll become more valuable than ever. Right? 
Okay, so let's pray about this. And if you want to give, the ushers will pass and you can give. And if you want to go back here to a debit card, credit card, you can jump online anytime, 24 hours a day, kiosk out here, whatever you'd like to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've been so good to our family. And I thank you as I look around, I believe you've been good to every one of us. And so now I just bless every business represented, every network, every employer, every customer base, all their clients. I pray you'd give them strategies. I pray you would give them divine, supernatural increase. I pray it would be exponential. I pray you would give these families as they give to you today multiple streams of income. Not just one, but multiple. I pray now this city will be blessed and be so prosperous. The whole region will say, what are they doing? I pray we will be a model of what it is to give to your kingdom. I pray for 10% of all the revenue of this city to come into your kingdom. Right now, Father, let it happen. Windows are opening up, and your, your resources are touching us in a supernatural way. So today we give to you as a body of believers, affecting our missions globally, everything we're doing locally, and that supernatural result will take place as we give to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, just give him a great big clap and a great big praise, you know, as you're, you're giving to God. You know, I don't get to say this too often, but uh, so I'm going to say it. We just kind of move on. But, um, uh, you know, I, I am really glad for all of my family and have my family here and, and to serve in ministry with us. You know, my, my father is a, a, a pastor in, in Oklahoma. My brother works with him. And, uh, but I'm just so blessed to have our family here. And, and of course, Ryan, um, he does so much. It's, it's not just uh, uh, youth ministries, but that's one of his specialty areas that he's assigned to. But he's, he's got so much. And they're partners with me. And, and, uh, and I, I'm not saying this because uh, he's, he's blood, our, our, our oldest son. But uh, I'm telling you, he is a man of God. Uh, he is a minister, and I think what he has modeled to our youth. And today it's exciting because we got a number of youth being baptized, and and uh, many others being baptized. And so I, I just thank God for him. He speaks to me, challenges me, and I just wish I was as smart as my kids. Anybody else like that? Uh, you know, and I'm glad they look like their mother. All right, would you welcome Ryan as he ministers for us today? Amen. Amen. I want you to punch the person next to you and tell them to wake up. Don't punch them too hard. Like, I know, I know we've prayed. I know we've worshiped. But I just feel like we need to just pray one more time right, right here where we're at. Can you just right where you're sitting, if you would with me, just lift your hands to the Lord. And I'm going to pray, but I'd really like for you to pray. A lot of times in church, when the pastor says pray, he prays and people listen. But I want you to pray if you would. Come on, just, just from your own mouth, begin to tell the Holy Spirit that he can do whatever he wants to do. Tell him that, that you're listening. Tell him that you're ready. Tell him that your heart is open. God, we just say that we're hungry for you. God, we say that we're hungry for the more of you. Even as pastor began to declare that earlier, God, that, that we refuse to be satisfied with a little when we know that there is more available to us, God. And so this morning we come into this place not just to have church, not just to sit in rows and, and have a, a good little message, but we truly have come to see you. 
God, we truly have come to hear you. God, our, our eyes will not be satisfied with anything less than seeing you. And our ears will not be satisfied with anything less than hearing your voice. God, we thank you that you have made uh, the way available to us to come close to you, to come near to you. So I pray for every individual in this place today. God, no matter how close they are to you, no matter how far away they may feel, that in this moment, in this place, they can come as near to you as they want. God, that your word says that if we draw near to you, that you reciprocate, that you return and you come near to us. And so it's our desire today that you would heal the sick, that you would break chains. God, that your anointing would come into this place and, and baptize people with the Holy Ghost and fire and that you would just come and have your way. Come on, somebody say, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Anybody hungry for more of God this morning? Come on, is anybody hungry for more of God this morning? Yeah, man. You know, we're just going to jump right in here and get this on today because I, I really feel like there's going to be just a powerful move of God as we, as we step into these baptisms. And, um, man, I'm just excited about what God is doing. Um, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about the greater realm. And uh, so I'm going to kind of jump in on some of that this morning, but also... Um, come to you from where I, what I feel like the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me and, and what, I, what I've been sharing with our young people. Man, there's a mighty revival and awakening happening in young people right now. And so I, I don't say that because we want a certain number of kids to come on Wednesday night or because we're, our success or our, or our failure is dictated by a number. Um, but, but I believe that, that if you would make, a, make it a priority to get your young people here on a Wednesday night for our services, that you're going to see a change in your home. Oh, I think God is doing something so mighty in these young people. There's a hunger. There's a new hunger that's been awakened on the inside of them, and God's doing something powerful. So I just want to challenge you to do that. Um, and just, man, I'm excited about what God's doing. And, you know, um, in, in this season of the greater realm, I just want you to know that there, there is something available for you in God right now um, that, that I don't know that's really been available to us before. And I, and I say that in a sense of we know that God's always been um, fully available to us, but we see sometimes in Scripture where, where God would say to his people, seek me while I may be found. Right. Where he says, you know, there's, there's times when he went into certain cities, into certain places, and he did more in certain areas than he did in other areas based upon the response he got. And so I think that there is an open heaven over us right now in this season of prayer and fasting to have more of God than you've ever had before. Whether you've been serving God your entire life or you've been serving God for five minutes, the whole of him is available for you if you're willing to go after it. And the word of the Lord that I really feel just resonating in my heart that I feel as I listen to um, what's coming out of our leadership here and as I listen to even, even other ministers and as I feed my spirit throughout the week, this, this call to just fresh commitment to following Jesus. This call to just really being a true disciple. You know, not just coming to church on Sunday and coming to church on Wednesday, but really living in this greater realm that is available to us. I think that, that we've made the, the Western culture, church in America, so comfortable for people and so about pleasing people that sometimes get, it gets lost in the mix that, that we have to please God and not people. Amen? And, and, and that the call of God is the same for all of us. Every spiritual journey begins with an encounter. 
You're sitting in this room today because somewhere, some, somehow in your life, you had an encounter with God. Maybe it was at church camp when you were a kid. Maybe it was at a conference. Maybe somebody knocked on your door and said, hey, come to church with me. That doesn't happen as much as it should probably, right? We're less evangelistic now than we used to be. Uh, but I believe that there's something stirring in this environment today. We're, we're going to begin to see lost people come into the church more frequently than we used to. Right now it's kind of just normal church folks. But I think there's going to be people coming through these doors. They even speak it prophetically. People that, are, that, that don't smell like we smell. They don't look like we look. They don't act like we act. But they're going to come in here like that and they're going to leave different. That the, the, Jesus said, I, don't, I didn't go to the saved people. He said, I went to the lost sheep. It's not the well that need a doctor. And, and there's a revival and an awakening that's happening in this city in this period of fasting and prayer that's going to be incredible. But, but every one of us had an encounter, right? Whether you've been raised in church your whole life, like me, you know, I went to church my whole life. We went on church. We went to church on vacation. Look, some of y'all... When you, you go on vacation, you're like, where are we going to eat? Where are we going to go to the beach? Look, my dad was like, hey, let's drive around and find out where we're going to go to church. <laughs> and the Lord's delivered him now. He's like, hey, let's just go to the worship on the beach. Hallelujah. Um, I'm just playing. But you had an encounter. You know, I, I remember going to church and going to Sunday school and, and knowing about God and, and knowing who God was. My parents taught me well. I was raised right and, and experienced God on different levels. But I can point to moments of encounter where something shifted in my life. And, and I had that same encounter that Jesus had when, when, when he spoke to the, the disciples and he said, leave everything and follow me. So at some point in your life, there's been this moment of encounter. And, and the thing about that moment of encounter is that's a good thing, right? We can all point to moments where, where people, you've come to the altar and you've cried and you, and you had Kleenexes and makeup all over your face and snot streaming down and you were getting wrecked and some of y'all cry pretty and some of y'all cry ugly and that's okay. You know, but when the Lord's touching you, it just all happens and it's good. But the thing is, God never intended for you to stay in that moment of encounter, and sometimes we celebrate that moment of encounter so much. We push people so much into that moment of encounter, and we kind of leave them there thinking that that encounter is enough, but the encounter is simply the invitation into more. That's good. So wherever you have experienced encounter in your life, understand that the encounter is what Jesus presents to you as an invitation into now what are you going to do with what I've done for you. Some of you, you had moments where chains fell off of your life. You had moments where you were addicted and bound and God set you free in those moments of encounter. But it's in that moment of encounter that Jesus says, I'm setting you free. Now leave everything and follow me. I'm baptizing you with Holy Ghost and fire, not so that you can go back to the old ways, but so that you can leave everything and follow me. Total surrender is the only way to follow Jesus. We may have different opinions about what worship we like and what style we like. And I love the Church Alive because we're so diverse. We've got young, we've got old, we've got black, we've got white. Look, we could use some more Hispanics, so y'all help me administer to some Hispanics, all right? We could use a few more Asian people. You know, we, let's mix it up even a little more because, you know, I love that. Um, but, you know, some people like Southern Gospel, and some people like Brother Otis's style, and some people like acapella. But it doesn't matter what your style preference is. It doesn't matter how you were raised denominationally. The truth is the invitation that Jesus extends to us when we become a follower always looks like total surrender. It cannot look like anything else. 
I don't, I don't know what you've bought into or maybe what ideology you have, but let me help you today. There's only one way to follow Jesus. The same invitation he gave the disciples is the same invitation he gives us. Leave it all and follow me. It's the same invitation he's giving us today, to leave it all and follow him. And the thing about that is that's a choice. He's not going to force you. You have to choose to choose to burn for God, right? People who are on fire for God and burning for God didn't magically just wake up that way. They made a choice. People who are complacent and lukewarm made a series of choices that led them to that position. And so understand that following God in total surrender is a choice that we make. We come to the altar, we say, I surrender all and I follow you. The encounter is what God does for you. It's the invitation. Your response is what we do for him. This is what the Bible says in Luke 57. Luke 9, 57, excuse me. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, on their way, someone came up to Jesus and said, I want to follow you wherever you go. Now, in our church today, if someone came and said, I want to follow you wherever you go, we'd say, all right, media team, look, take a picture. Let's put that on Facebook, and let's put that on Instagram, and let's tell everybody we got followers, right? You know, and let's, let's celebrate, and we do celebrate, but listen to Jesus' response. It's so good. Yes, but remember this, even animals in the field have holes in the ground to sleep in, and birds have their nest. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head down. Jesus then turned to another and said, come be my disciple. He replied, someday I will, Lord, but allow me to first fulfill my duty as a good son and wait until my father passes away. Jesus told him, don't wait until your father's burial. Let those who are already dead wait for death. But as for you, go proclaim everywhere that God's kingdom has arrived. Still another, Lord, I want to follow you too, but first let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. Jesus responded, why do you keep looking backward to your past and having second thoughts about following me? Jesus, this is not the way to win friends and influence people right? If you want people to follow you, don't tell them you can't do this and you can't do that. Just say, yeah, it's okay. Let me just, let, oh, you want to come follow me? That's so awesome. I'm so glad you want to come follow. And sometimes we've, we've adopted this mentality, right? Like, what can I do to convince you to come follow me? Can, can I talk you into following Jesus? When Jesus said, look, I'm not playing with you. Jesus said, look, I'm going to tell you, if you want to follow me, I don't want you to, to get here. You know, and, and I, I say this kind of funny because we've probably at some point in our life, everybody in the room, maybe not, been a part of like network marketing, you know, and I, I believe in that business model and stuff. But it's not like Jesus trying to trick you into network marketing. Hey, bring a bag of ice to my house and then sign up for my business. You know, Jesus isn't telling you, hey, uh, um, yeah, come over here and you'll get to walk on water and you'll get to cast out devils and levitate on clouds and wear golden diapers and do cool stuff. He's saying, look, if you're going to follow me, you've got to lose your life. If you're going to follow me, look, I'm not tricking you. I'm not trying to tell you it's going to be this and then it's going to be this. I'm telling you, if you're going to follow me, you've got to do it with all your heart. If you're going to follow me, it takes total surrender. I love this portion. When you turn back, you are useless to God's kingdom realm. Wow. And that's kind of harsh, Jesus. You, uh, you guys probably know the, the portion. You've heard it quoted a lot. Him who puts his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. This is the thing. Is, is I want to see in this moment of prayer and fasting, this cycle of coming to moments of encounter and then slipping back into complacency, coming to moments of encounter and then slipping back into old ways. I want to see that cycle so broken that you can't even, even remember that cycle. 
because we have incredible moments of encounter in this place. We have incredible moments of encounter. Man, we've got some of the God's choicest men and women in the earth in this place. And then, and then we have people come through here like, like Perry Stone and Karen Wheaton. I mean, amazing voices in the earth today. So we're not short on encounter, but I think sometimes we're short on commitment. And I'm not trying to get in your stuff today, and I'm not trying to be a downer and be harsh, but I'm telling you, man, this is the message of the kingdom. This is what Jesus is saying to us today. That Look, if you want to follow me, quit playing games, and let's get it on, man. Like, like quit fooling around with the old man. Quit coming to moments of encounter. You're, you're abusing what I've done for you. That's what we do, right? We say, we, we treat Jesus like, I'm just going to get some when I want some, and then I'm going to go back to what I want. This is what we do. And Jesus is saying, look, if you really want to follow me, if you want to be a true disciple, this is the way you do it. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23 and 24, if you want to be my follower, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. If you choose self-sacrifice, Giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life. Does anybody want that today? But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will lose what you try to keep. That's the vicious cycle that we find ourselves in so many times. Losing what we're trying to keep because we are not willing to fully surrender. The only way to follow him is total surrender. I want to tell you today that I believe it's time for no more wasted time. Look, look, Jesus was so in the face of these people because he only had three years to get it done. His ministry lasted three years. From 30 to 33, he wrecked the planet. But he said, look, I don't have time to fool the people who aren't ready to go. Right? And, and, and it wasn't that he didn't care for them. It, it wasn't that he didn't love for them. He went to the cross for them. But, but he wanted them to understand this is the only way to really do it. This is the only way to do it and see the Father the way I see the Father. This is the only way to do it and have the level of communion with the Father that I have. It was Jesus' ultimate intention to, to regain for you the position that Adam forfeited in the garden. It was his intention to repair for you what was lost, where, where you could walk in so close communion with God that you walk with him in the cool of the day, where he's so close to you, you can hear him whisper in your ear. And so that was the whole point. Look, if you want to do that, this is what it takes. And I want to tell you that Jesus did not fall short in his work on the cross. He fully paid for you to walk in newness of life. His power over death and the old man was not insufficient. I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me in preparation for this service today, that there is nothing that is currently plaguing your life. I want you to think about this. There is nothing that is currently plaguing your life that Christ has not fully defeated. There's no, there's no issue. There's no stronghold. There's no pattern of behavior. There's no dysfunction. That Christ didn't already fully defeat on the cross. 1 Peter 3.18, Christ suffered and died for sins once and for all. The innocent for the guilty to bring you near to God by his body put to death and being raised by life to the spirit. Listen to this. This is in Romans 6.10. When he died, he died once to break 
the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. This is such a familiar portion of scripture, probably everybody in the room could quote it. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. I love it. I love the way it says it in the Passion Translation. Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become entirely a new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. So in other words, when you have this moment of encounter that we've all had with Jesus, we have to understand that everything gets made new. That means if you used to cuss, you don't cuss anymore. That means if you used to get hammered drunk, you don't get hammered drunk anymore. That means if you used to look at stuff on the internet you're not supposed to look at, when you get made new, you don't look at it anymore. And I think that we buy into this lie because of sometimes the message of like greasy grace, like look man, just do what you want to do and ask for forgiveness, that we have to live this life where we stumble in sin. But if we believe what we just read, that means through the, 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 the crucifixion of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that you can absolutely, once you've been made new, live a life where you never sin again. I believe the reason why we don't is because we have trouble with total surrender. It has nothing to do with a lack of what he did. Oftentimes it has to do with what we still want to hold on to. If we have been made new and sin has been defeated once and for all, the only way the old man and his lifestyle stays alive is with our permission. Come on, man. What I'm telling you today in plain language, look, it's on you. It's on me. Look, if, and I know we're flesh, and I know that we, we battle the flesh. And the thing about that battle is that that battle is already won. That, that foe has already been defeated. And so, yeah, we wrestle sometimes, and yeah, we got to defeat the enemy. But most of the time, the reason why we lose those battles is not because he's not sufficient. It's because we want to hold on to the old man. We put that dude in the ground and we say he's buried, but we got a little cable running through here and we got that dude on life support, right? So that, so that when we get a little down and we get a little pressured and we don't really feel like getting up out of bed to pray and seek the Lord and, and those old habits start to creep in and the enemy starts to, to bring that thing back, that, that's your struggle, that's your thing that you want to go back to, it's, it's in those moments that we, we've kept him just enough alive that we tend to retreat back to that. But I believe that there is a place of total surrender in following him where the old man is dead and buried forever and he never gets resurrected. That's right. Where you can be so delivered. Man, I've heard stories of people that were, that were bound to drugs and bound to cocaine and heroin and get so delivered where they can't even remember the desires they used to have. Man, I remember, I hear stories of, of people that were bound to, to pornography and, and, and lustful thinking, and they get so delivered, and the old man gets so buried, they can't even remember the images they saw. That's the power of the work of Jesus on the cross. But when we don't appropriate fully what he's done for us, by not fully surrendering, we allow the old man to stay alive. Romans 6, 12 through 14. Sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life. Mm, give it an opportunity. Controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. 
So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his pleasure, ready to be used for his noble purpose. Remember this, sin will not conquer you, for God already has. Woo! You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. Colossians 3, 3 through 10. This is one of our key scriptures around here. Otis loves it. Quentin loves it. Pastor preaches from it. Man, it's word for us here. For you died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death. The sinful earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Look, he's not mixing the language up here. He doesn't say only look at it when you're weak. He doesn't say just meddle in it a little. He says have nothing to do. Look, total surrender. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world. You used to do these things when you looked like the old man. You used to do these things when the old man was alive. But remember, all things have been made new. If you really came to the altar, if you really, if you really surrendered your life to Jesus, come on, man, if you didn't just pray a meaningless prayer, but if you really surrendered your life to Jesus, all this stuff got made new. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world, but now it's time to get rid of anger, rage, Malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Amen. One more scripture. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. If you have really experienced the anointed one, And heard his truth. It will be seen in your life. In other words, you can't just say I'm a Christian in your Facebook profile. You can't just say I'm a Christian when you check the box and they ask you your religious preference. It has to be seen in your life. You can't just wear a Church Alive t-shirt. You can't just be a good little southern Bible Belt church going Christian. Look, you've got to image forth Christ to this world. When they see the way you live, when they hear the way you talk, when they see the way you walk, they don't have to wonder, is DeMarco a believer or is he not? They know. There's so much glory coming out of your life. There's so much anointing flowing from your being because of your level of surrender that when you walk into the room, joy walks in with you. When you walk in the room, peace walks in with you. When you walk through the halls of the hospital, healing is following you and falling on people. Come on, man. But you can't walk like that unless you're totally surrendered. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. And he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man. The old self-life. 
which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and you live in union with Him. For God has recreated you all over again in His perfect righteousness. And now you belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. Come on, man. Somebody praise the Lord. Brother Otis, you can come help me out here. I'm going to bring this to a close. Look, a few weeks ago on Friday morning, I felt like the Holy Spirit said so clearly to me about this period of prayer and fasting that in this season, this 21 days, or whether you choose to go 40 days, and, and let me just slide this in here. If you, if you didn't know we were fasting and you haven't been fasting, it's not too late to jump in the game. All right? Don't make an excuse and say, oh, they're already halfway done. I can't get in now. Look, man, any fasting is better than no fasting. All right? So jump in today. Look, if you said you were going to fast, Daniel fast and veggies and water only, and Andy's just like pulls your car like a magnet and you hit up that cookie Casanova they got on that sign, it's okay. Look, God, God loves you. All right? If you drove by David's burger and it was like, mm, hallelujah, the Lord provides, right? You know? It's okay. Look, jump back on, okay? God's not, it's not a thing of legalism. It's not judgment. Look, he's just proud of you for wanting more of him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get mad at Harrison if he told me he was going to spend an hour with me and he only spent 30 minutes with me. I'd be thankful for the 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, God's a good father. Don't, don't make it so religious, all right? It's about a relationship. But I felt real strongly that the Holy Spirit said so clearly that in this season of fasting, things that should have been put to death a long time ago are going to die their final death. So if there are strongholds of perversion in your family from five generations ago, in this period of fasting, it's going to die its final death. That if depression and spirits of suicide have plagued your life, that as we step into total surrender, less of us, more of Him, lay it all down. That that thing that He already, listen, He already paid for it to die. In fact, He's already killed it. But as we lay it down, that thing's going to, look, it's going to stop pestering you. It's going to stop, you know, getting up off the mat where you feel like it was down for the 10 count and the nine and a half is getting back up. Defeated forever. That's what he paid for. That, it, that if drug addiction and homosexuality and all these hot button topics in our culture today. Look, look. We read the scripture earlier. He even said anger, filthy language, whatever it is that doesn't look like him, whatever it is that doesn't sound like him, whatever it is that looks like the old man, in this season, it dies forever. In this season, it dies forever. Things that the enemy has tried for years to, to delay the progress of the church alive as a corporate body. In this season, it dies forever. Yes. 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 Things that the enemy has tried to, 
to do in your life to destroy your purpose and, and to, to rob you of your destiny. And this season, it dies forever. Yes. And this is, how it, this is how it works. Through us sanctifying ourselves. Sanctification is a big church word, right? But that's the word, man, I hear, and I just hear it every time I go to the place of prayer, and I've written it down in my journal, and and just hear the word sanctification and consecration. You can't live a life of total surrender and not be sanctified to him. Listen, we have a personal responsibility to purity in our lives. He makes us holy, but we have a personal responsibility to live in purity. Sometimes we sabotage, sabotage the progress made in a moment of encounter by decisions we make regarding purity. By the things that we allow to come through our television screens. By the things that we allow in, in, in substances that we choose. And you're, you may be sitting out there thinking, man, he's, he's getting legalistic on me. No, it's not legalistic. It's that I've discovered he is so much better than any of those things. I would rather have nearness to him than watch the latest Netflix series that's going to have nudity and, and foul language and celebrate illicit stuff. Man, look, this stuff, we're, we are feeding on these things. We are entertaining ourselves with these things. How can we say on one hand, God, I want you. God, I want more of you. And then go home and watch that. I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm just being real, man. We can't say, God, I want you, but I also want the world. The invitation that he gave to us is the same that he gave the disciples. It's the same that he'll always give to the generation coming after you. Leave it all and follow me. Sanctification is the act of making a thing pure and holy. Consecrate, to regard as set apart or separate. I heard this quote this week, that seasons of fasting will break years of compromise. Look, you may have walked in compromise since the moment you came and prayed the prayer because the truth is you may have prayed the prayer, but you can pray the prayer and not fully surrender. I've seen it happen. I've seen people get so wrecked by the Holy Ghost that they couldn't walk. Man, I've seen people get so wrecked by the Holy Ghost where, where man, like you can't even tell, are they in the body or are they out of the body, right? Are they, like, are, they, are they here right now, you know? And then two months later, back in the same crap, Sorry, I'm not supposed to say that word up here. But that's what it is. The same filth, man. The same stuff that he paid to free you from. We return to it. Like the children of Israel saying, man, I, I want to go back to Egypt. I want to go back to my bondage because this is hard. But he didn't trick you and tell you it was going to be easy. Maybe some Western American Wanting your approval preacher conned you into following Jesus. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, come right here and get on this cross. Jesus said, if you want to walk in the fulfillment like you've never known, this is what it takes. 
And what looks like bondage to you in the beginning will be the, the most freedom you've ever experienced in your life. This is what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 29. This is a crazy story. You guys should go read it about a man of God consecrating the house of God and the people of God. Just one verse. He said to them, Hear me, Levites. Now sanctify yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. I think today's the day that we carry out the rubbish from the holy place. Because you're a holy place. I mean, you're a holy place. He paid for you. He bought you. He loves you. He desires you. And in this, this idea of the greater realm, the invitation into all of the greater realm is available to us, but the level of the greater realm that you walk in is based upon how much you're willing to surrender. If that wasn't true, then why isn't everybody raising the dead? Why isn't everybody healing the sick? Why isn't everybody casting out devils, right? He told them, look, you, you cast out devils in my name. You healed the sick in my name. You prophesied in my name. But depart from me because I never knew you. In other words, you never fully surrendered to me. You surrendered to me enough to be able to do the stuff. But you never gave me all your heart. And I would rather you not do the stuff and have all your heart. And I believe that that this is the message that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us as individuals, but also corporately as the church alive, is that he wants us to be a, a special vessel for his use. But we get to determine what he can do with us based on how we surrender. The desire from the Father is fully there. But what are we willing to lay down? What are we willing to rearrange in our life? I promise the quality of your life is not going to suffer if you don't get to watch Bird Box. I promise the quality of your life is not going to suffer if you never get on Snapchat another day in your life. Man, I promise you that your world is not going to crumble if you delete your Facebook account and don't watch CNN and Fox News and even turn your cable off at your house. Look, you may need to get like an antenna so you can watch the Cowboys, you know. But what if we stepped into the full design of Jesus, which was full surrender, and really begin to see him the way he said we could see him? What if, what if we walked in the level of freedom that he paid for? What if, what if we so much got rid of all the rubbish in our life that, that, listen, the truth is that we allow, come on, man, that we allow. We allow it, and it, sometimes we allow it, and it doesn't even bother us. Look, when you first got saved, you first burned for the Lord, you first surrendered your life, and you used to cuss and drink and smoke, and then somebody around you cusses and drinks and smokes, you're like, man. That, that offends me. It doesn't offend you. It offends your spirit. 
But some of us have, 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 have allowed so much stuff for so long. And look, I'm preaching to myself, man. We can all be more holy, all right? That, 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 that our, our spirits have become calloused and, and things that used to make us cringe, we just ingest it. Things that used to bother us, not because we're trying to live by this set of rules, but, be, but because we know this thing has the potential to keep me from his face. It will never keep you from his love, but it can disqualify you from his presence. And if you can't get in his presence, you'll never experience his glory. And that's what we got to have in this day. We got to have the glory. So right where you are, just close your eyes with me. And we can really do this a lot of ways today. We're, we're about to baptize some people, and I'm fired up about that. And they're, they're going to begin here in a moment to go and, and get ready for that. But I wanted to have this moment of surrender, this altar call moment before we did that. Because I, I believe even today that as the Holy Spirit is moving in this place, there's going to be some of you, or maybe none of you, I don't know, but there may be somebody in this place that says, look, I didn't plan on getting baptized. I didn't bring no clothes. I didn't bring no towel. But I got to get in that water today. Because I'm tired of dealing with these cycles. I'm tired of living in these moments of defeat where I'm good for a little bit and then I'm down again. Where, where I'm free for just a minute, but you're like a dog on a leash, you know, and then all of a sudden you just get jerked back. But I'm telling you today, these things that have plagued your life are going to die their final death in this moment of total surrender. And so I want to do it this way today. I want to do it old school style today and say, look, man, if you're in the room today and you've been playing, playing around with the old man, keeping the old man alive when you know that Jesus paid for him to be dead forever, when, when he paid to make you brand new, but there's these things in your life, there's these choices that you're making that, that not only are, are hindering your life, it's going to hinder your kid's life, it's going to hinder maybe your grandchildren's life, because these things can be generational, but today the blood of Jesus and the cross of Christ makes you new, and you're willing to finally quit playing games and step into a moment of total surrender because that's the call for us today sanctification consecration separate not looking like sounding like feeling like acting like the world I think we need to come to the altar today and surrender to him and so from right where you're sitting from right where you're at I'm going to count to three. And if you're ready to fully surrender, if you're ready to be bold about saying, God, I'm not going to hold on to the old man anyway. I, I surrender all. I give it all to you. I give it completely to you. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to boldly come to this altar, lift your hands, hit your knees, whatever, and cry out to the Lord and fully give yourself to him. If that's you, you're ready to do it today. Maybe you're getting saved for the first time. Maybe you've been saved for a long time, but you need to reconnect commit to the Lord. This is your moment. This is your day. Every chain is broken. Every stronghold is defeated in Jesus' name. If that's you, you need to come. You need to surrender. One, two, three. Come on, get out of your seat and come and hit this altar and let's go. Let's totally surrender to him. Come on, make the move today. Everybody else, stand on your feet. Come on, everybody in the room. Hallelujah. We 
love you, Lord. Come on, total surrender. Total surrender. Come on, if compromise has plagued your life. Come on, if, if, if areas of compromise and complacency has lived in your life, come on, this is your moment. Let's come to this altar. Come on. The precious blood of Jesus Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was born with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Come on, let's seek the Lord. Let's seek the Lord. Listen, if you're coming to this altar to respond and you want specific prayer, just wave at one of us. You need specific prayer. You look, you said, I need somebody to lay hands on me today to see strongholds and spirits of compromise broken. We're here to do that. We're just going to keep pressing in. Amen. If you need to, if you're ready to get baptized, let's go ahead and make your way and get ready for that. Let's pray. Come on, let's press in. go ahead and go get ready right now as we continue to sing and pray. Those of you going to be baptized, you know where to go to. You go ahead. Come on, if you still want special prayer, you come as we sing it. Let's continue to sing it. You pray where you're at. Precious, precious blood of Jesus. 
You know, I, I had a, uh, there's been a lot of strongholds broken this week, and I, I had one video sent to me where somebody was, uh, their stronghold had been broken. They were actually, it was, when I first got the video, I'm like, what is this? It was a toilet lid. And I'm like, somebody mean send me this. But then somebody was filming it, and they were there at the toilet, and they were throwing away the substance that had been the stronghold of their life. And, and so I, I just want to pray over everybody right now. Come on, everybody right now. Father, I take agreement that every strong grip that you, the devil, the devourer has had to destroy our minds, our bodies, and our relationships, right now we declare the blood of Jesus is stronger than any of that. Today, your power has overcome that. In this very moment, we are delivered and we are set free and we're going to stay free because of the power of your name. Come on, let's give him praise, everybody. Come on, just give him big praise. You know, I, I, I just, um, I not wrote so many notes as he was preaching. And, and uh, you know, I, I believe we all ought to take this personally and, and I, just, I just believe we ought to, every one of us, have a new passion to never sin again. That went over real good, about three of you. Think about it. To never sin again. Now, you might say, well, well, Pastor, how in the world can I do that? Well, you can't do it on your own to begin with. It's got to be by the help of the Holy Spirit who is your guide and your comfort. But I would tell you this, I don't know about you, so I just speak for myself. Most of the stumbling that I do spiritually or in my life, they are traps that I've made for myself. Nobody else had to do it. It was my own thinking, my own imagination. You know, it is my own. And, and, and so I want to have the thoughts of God, not my thoughts. I want to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit and just break all that off. So today, just forget about all the offenses that have been in your life. Everybody that offended you, offended you, look, there's a long line of could have, should have, would have. You get out of that line and you say, from this moment on, today it's a new beginning. I am pressing on. I'm going forward. You reach up there and get the rear view mirror, jerk it down. Don't you put that old DVR in anymore. It's from now on, it's all new. Come on, I'm going to pray over your family. Would you raise your hand right now for your family? Father, I pray over every household, over every family right now. Today, it's a new beginning. Today, it's a new environment. Today, it's a new atmosphere. Today, it's new language in the homes. Today, it's new thoughts for one another. Every stronghold, every fear, every past wrong has been broken. Today is a new beginning. Yes. We declare it so in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe with me, just say yes. Now, what we're about to do, if you don't remind, remain standing with me for a few moments, you'll burn a few extra calories before you eat, it is, uh, today is, is water baptism day. Now, I want you to get this. What, what, water baptism is, is not where, if, well, if you baptize and you're a member of the church alive, none of that stuff. We, we baptize in water. Here's the reason why. Because Jesus told us to. We're not doing this because of some man-made 
you know, organizational doctrine. It's, it's because Jesus said. Now, so Jesus is our model. How was Jesus baptized? He went to the river. John the Baptist, his cousin, baptized him. How did he baptize him? He did not take a little water, throw on him, and say, there you go. He got in the water, and he put him all the way under. We call that immersed. He put him all the way under, brought him back up. When he did that, Spirit of God, you know, came upon him. There was anointing on him. And so what we do is we baptize. And, and Jesus said, go baptize into the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. In other words, what the Scripture means there, it actually means the fellowship of the Godhead. Fellowship, as Jesus commanded. In that authority of that name, you baptize into the fellowship of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And so what baptism represents, it represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So when these people are baptized, the old man, what appropriate message Ryan gave. The old man, all that old stuff, is being buried. And they're being washed clean, and when they come up, it's, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. It marks a new beginning in their life. So they're being baptized exactly the same way Jesus did, except John the Baptist is not baptizing them. Ryan is. All right? So that's how this is working. All right. Any of you could baptize them. When I was a kid, my, my brother, because I'd see my dad baptize people. My brother was uh, six years younger than me. We'd be swimming. I'd baptize him all the time. But I'd hold him under a long time till he'd be squirming. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, but I love baptism. It's one of the favorite things. And, and if you have someone being baptized up here, maybe you just got here and you didn't know this, you're certainly able to go up there. Uh, Ron will show you how to get, get up there. And you can go up there and you can baptize. You can watch and you can, you can video them right there. We'll have it on, on, on our video, but you can get it right there. So, um, Ron, uh, Ron Day, will you, you wave real big? If there's a parent or somebody say, I want to go up there and, and baptize you, just go to him. If not, we, he can stay there. But we can, we can show exactly how to do that. Um, so, and uh, the other thing is, this is just this is regular Conway Corp water. It's clean. It's warm. The heater's been on all night. So like Kathy, she feels like she's probably in a bathtub up there. It's really, really warm. And, and uh, now we have baptized out here in the pond. Uh, once a month, Chi Alpha College students, at least, they go out there and baptize. And, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, this is what we're going to do here today, all right? It's exciting. Uh, so all these people are really special. And uh, first we have uh, Kathy. Kathy uh, uh, said, hey, and again, a lot of these people, last thing, a lot of these people have been baptized. Some of them have been baptized before. There's no scripture that says you cannot be baptized more than once. I've been baptized more than once. There are times I've been to baptism. I got so excited, I jumped in, uh, you know. And when I was baptized, my dad baptized me, and, 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 and I didn't go all the way under. Like the top of my head was still dry. And my dad says, I know you. You need it. He put me back down all the way. And, and so, uh, you know, so it, it, this is a spiritual act. These people are saying, like Ryan said, I've decided to follow Jesus. Kathy says it's a new beginning in her life. Kathy, we love you at the Church Alive. Come on, Church Alive, tell Kathy you love her. <laughs> Kathy has nothing she wants to say. I don't believe that. Uh, but anyway, Kathy, we love you. This is exciting for you. And now then, as Jesus commanded, by his authority and his name, we baptize you into the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Ha, ha, ha. 
Father, we take agreement in the power of your presence over Kathy. Her life will never be the same from this moment on. Her life, her career, her family, her ministry, every part of her, it's a new beginning in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, y'all, this is a celebration. So you celebrate, all right? You celebrate. We're glad to have the Powell family with us today. If you've not met Larissa Powell, and, and, uh, but we're glad to have Larissa been coming to youth, and, and uh, she has a special friend that has brought her to the church alive. And, and we just thankful, glad to, to meet uh, the pals today, mom and dad. I don't know, maybe they're up there. There you are, right there. And so glad to have you with us and, and uh, glad the friends of the Wilcox family and really welcome to the Church Alive. We're glad you're here today. Hope you've enjoyed it and your daughter's real special to us. I want you to know that. So look at her in prayer. Isn't that special, man? Just touch my heart. Larissa, we, we love you at the Church Alive. Come on, tell her, tell her you love her. Would you do that? Now, as Jesus commanded with honor, we now baptize you into the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, Lord, may the joy of your spirit touch her life, oh God. If she chooses to follow you and forsake everything else, may her home, God, know your glory and your presence and your power, favor on your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all now, come on, celebrate with me. Come on. <laughs> known Jill a lot of years. Uh, Jill Tanui and known her a lot of years here at the Church Alive. And today, it's real special because her and her mother have decided to be baptized. Wow. And so this is glory. Amen. So, Jill, we love you at the Church Alive. And now, as Jesus has commanded... We baptize you into the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost Fellowship. <laughs> oh, God, touch her. Hallelujah. May our sons and our daughters prophesy. Know your name be the light of your glory upon her life. Complete healing over her body in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love it. Now then, here is... Here is her mom, Jennifer, such a great prayer warrior and great lady. And Tanui family, I just want you to know we love you so much. We're so glad you're here at the Church Alive. And if you ever see your husband, you see a marathon runner running from Little Rock to Greenbrier. It's her husband, all right. But wow, your family's going to run places you've never been before. Your family's going to go. I like what Ryan Ryan, Ryan said today, oh, it was so good when he said there, I want to see you like I said, you can see me. I declare that over your house. I hope you can hear me, Jennifer, that you're going to be able to see Jesus the way he said you could see him in his glory, in his power, in his presence. Today, your house changes. Today, your whole family changes, every part of it. About six months ago, I was shaken, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me and say, who's praying for your family? Because what had happened is for the last two years, I had been battling a spirit of fear and depression, and on my baby's birthday, 
I never will forget. I sit up all night long in complete torment. And I come to the realization of the grip that the enemy truly had on me and the fear that I had come into agreement with. The next day, I got up and I talked to Jonah. And I talked to Jesus. And I said, Lord, I don't even like this person that I've become. I can't even hold my head up. I've got to get turned around. I've got to get turned around and go the other direction. If I've got to crawl or whatever, I've got to go the other direction. I can't go this way anymore. I can't live like this anymore. So bound by fear. I knew that God had not created me to be that person. I knew that's not the wife or the mother that my family deserved. The next day I made my way to the altar when pastor gave the altar call and it was repentance. The Lord said, repent, repent, repent for not trusting me. Repent for coming into agreement of fear and doubting that I'm not big enough. Pastor came over and prayed for me and I never will forget he swept my shoulders. And he said, spirit of heaviness is gone. And I remember standing up and just feeling a fresh wind. I knew what it took to get back to where I needed to be. I knew that I had to feed myself the truth of Jesus the same way I had fed myself the lies of the enemy. And as I began to dig into the word and push in and press and pursue Jesus, I became freer and freer and freer. I'm thankful today for every time that I've gotten to a place that there was nothing left to do but totally surrender. I glorified Jesus for the freedom that he's created us to walk and move in. I want this day to mark a brand new beginning that I have nothing to fear in Him, that He alone is worthy. Today is your new beginning, and right now, as Jesus commanded, we baptize you into the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus, touch her. Jesus, touch her. Hallelujah. <laughs> Friends, you may not believe it, but sometimes when they're baptized, the anointing comes over them. And they're, watch her. They're hard to get out of the water. Amen. Does anybody want to get in the presence of Jesus? It's going to be hard to get out of. Oh, this is great. This is Seth Saxon. This is Whitney's brother. Ryan's brother-in-law recently went to ramp, had a radical change, and uh, I know, is he wanting to say something, or is he? All right, well, I'm just done. I'm tired with the old man. 
I'm tired with the old man and I'm ready to make a new change and to, to live a new life and live for the Jesus. Or, sorry, live for the Lord, live for Jesus and just to completely surrender to him and give up my old life. And I'm, I'm already on the way there, but I'm ready to make this mark, to make this final decision to completely surrender to him and to completely walk in his way of life. This is it. I'm ready. Yes, sir. It's already happening. And today, today, today you become a man of God. Amen? Because as Jesus commanded Seth, you are now baptized into the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Somebody get your hands this way. Let's pray over him right now. Father, we believe the power of your anointing is touching him. His mind, his body, and his spirit. God, you're going to cause him to walk in ways he's never dreamed of. Hallelujah. God, you're going to put your desires in his desires. Favor and blessing upon this man. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Give God praise, everybody. Come on, this is good. This is a... Maybe you've seen Sam come up here and sit with our family during worship services. I, I've known Sam since he was smaller than me, but now he's bigger than me. Sam is uh, Michael's one of Michael's best friends, and they fish together and come over the house. And, and Sam, uh, we, his family and, and our family have been great friends for many, many years, the Paloma family. I'm so honored to, to see you, have you here, here today. And... Um, I just want you to know we love Sam coming to our house because when Sam comes, leftovers are all gone. You know, it's just great. And, and, and uh, Sam comes, he tells me some of the biggest fishing stories. I don't believe half of them, but, uh, but no, they're really true. And I love Sam because he's one of the smartest people in the world that I know. And I can ask him anything, and, and he'll, he'll tell me something. And, and uh, we talk about elk stories, about his dad elk hunting and me elk hunting. And we just have a great time together. We just... Love Sam coming over and look forward to it when he comes. And, and um, I love Sam coming to the church alive. I watch Sam. Just watch the love of God and the presence of God come over Sam. And Sam, buddy, you bless me in ways you'll, you'll never know. And Paloma family, I just appreciate you sharing your son with us. We love you guys. and Pray for you and your family. And know you're great people and Sam today you've decided to make a big step so buddy now as Michael and Ryan they're with you Jesus commanded we baptize you to the fellowship of the Father Son and the Holy Ghost God, I pray for your powerful blessings upon Sam. And Father, all the visions and dreams you've given to him will come to pass. He'll become a mighty man for you and do great things in this earth, God. In the name of Jesus, may your hand and your comfort and your power be upon him. In the name of Jesus, God bless you, Sam. I, I think that's, uh, oh, here we go. Wow. Peyton Mastery. Glad to see you in the tank. We're going to put you down seven times. 
No, I'm just joking. All right. I love this guy. I love his family. Wow. Right now, up at his grandpa's campus, what hundreds of Chi Alpha guys having a man retreat. Peyton, I'm just excited about your testimony. Anything? Does he want to say anything, Ryan? Is he? Um, yeah. Um, I'm just in this tub, tired of just messing around with the old man. I'm done with him. I'm ready to leave him where he belongs. <sighs> He's tormented me so long, it's time to put him finally in the dirt and quit playing around. All right. He's tired of messing around. Y'all heard that, all right? I believe him. Amen. So now, Peyton, as Jesus commanded, we baptize you right now to the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. God, I know you're touching this man's life, and I believe you're going to make him a mouthpiece for your glory. God, he's going to see things he never thought he would see. He's going to do things he never thought he was do. God, you're going to use him to do mighty, mighty works for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, touch him and his house today. Praise God. Thank God for this family. Do so great. Amen. Come on, give God praise for that. They do so many things for the church alive. Thank you so much. I can't see who that is. Isaac. Man, I didn't know you was going to get baptized today. Did you bring a towel? You, you got one? All right. We got him a towel and a shirt. You got him a towel and shirt? I just bought that at Walmart last night. Good thing. Good deal. I thought we might have a couple extras. That's great. Isaac, I've known you all your life. We're proud of you, buddy. Today's a special day. Can you hear me? I'm really proud of you, bud. You'll never forget this, ever and ever. You know we love you, and you know we'll always be for you. You know that, don't you? If you get tired of sitting with your mom, you come and sit with me, all right? I love you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Now we're going to baptize you as Jesus commanded, just like Jesus. You're going to be baptized right now to the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh yeah father he's going to grow in you he's going to grow strong in you mighty man of faith mighty man who acts like you and lives for you put an anointing on his life that will affect all of his family in the name of Jesus what a name Isaac you're blessed buddy amen do we have more If we run out of changing rooms, if you see somebody wet running through the church, you'll know what happened. It'll be okay. Help him in there, Dad, a little bit. Yeah, if you want to be baptized, you didn't plan on it. Uh, you know, you can go home wet. It'll be fine. We, we got a few extra towels up there, and uh, I got a few articles of clothing, never been worn. Orlando, we're proud of you, buddy. All right? And uh, this guy, he comes up to me nearly every service. There's probably not one service he has not come up to me.
put his hand on my shoulder and said, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. All right. This might be his day. This might be his day. Amen. Orlando, we love you. We're proud of you. And, uh, oh, man, DeMarco, we're just proud of your family. You know, guys, I'm, I'm only, you know, I used to be 6'5". Relax. And uh, I always keep big men of faith around me like DeMarco and Justin, all right? But, but I just want you to know, DeMarco, we love you. Proud of you and your family, what God is doing through you and Rita. You're really special to us. You really are. And uh, your smile's contagious. And Orlando, you, buddy, we love you. We're proud of you. And today, you're preaching. You're preaching right now. You're preaching right now. I know you say you're not saying nothing, but you're preaching right now. It's happening right now. So Jesus commanded, we're right now going to baptize you. Dad, you going to baptize him? Yeah? That's great. We're going to baptize you in the fellowship. Put him all the way under. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands this way and let's thank God. God, I thank you for Orlando. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, use him mightily. Use him mightily in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Woo, I hear his mom back up in there somewhere. <laughs> Is there anybody else? Is that it? Is that it? Anybody else? Has this been a great day? Come on, it's going to be a great week. Amen. Can I bless your house right now? Father, I bless every one of these houses with peace and power and abundant joy today. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Be careful out there, all right? See you Wednesday night, 630.